Good evening. I told Jeff this morning he did a great job in the sermon and Senior Sunday, and um, I said you're hitting your stride. You're you've done enough now where you're getting good, and you understand what needs to be done, and it made me think of. Uh, Senior Sundays in times past, I've done about 15 of those here at Northside, and it's been a while ago. And as I was thinking about this Senior Sunday, of course, uh, all of them are important. They're a marking of a milestone, uh, an achievement that we recognize and honor as church family. But... Today's, on a personal level, had extra meaning because my son was one of the class of 2023. And so, for as many of them as I've done and have seen done, um, this one was more bittersweet. (laughs) Um... I'm not normally a outwardly highly emotional person. I don't know why that is, just the way God made me. It's not that I don't feel things, I just don't feel them outwardly, typically. But today, my goodness, Christy and I went to uh, Tyler's table. We were looking around at all the other graduates and people started filing through and Brenda Sandlin, who's been through a few of these as a parent, has uh, came up and was very complimentary and kind and all of that. She just said something that, um, a Gen Z phrase, it triggered me. It, uh, and the, she didn't mean it that way. She just said, uh, well... What are you going to do without him? And of course, those who have more experience than I have at this understand he's not leaving us permanently, but it'll be different, won't it? And that's what Senior Sunday is all about. Senior Sunday is not special because nobody's ever graduated from high school before. I'm going to give the teenagers who are here just a second. I, I want you to turn around when I ask this question. Okay, How many of you who are here present, how many of you have graduated from high school? Okay, so this is a fairly, you know, I mean, not that it's not a big deal, but everybody's, it's, it's, everybody's done it. Most people have done it. There are a few exceptions, but... Why do we make all the big deal about it? Sort of like getting your driver's license. Sort of like one of those kind of things. Most of the population has done that. But but when you you reach there, it's a milestone. It's It's a marker in the journey. And so when you reach those markers in the journey, whatever they are, it's good to have some type of recognition, giving honor to whom honor is due. And 
And it's also good to have celebrations to remember. To remember that something important happened here. Something important happened within you. So, tonight, I want to talk a little bit about memorials, remembering, and the importance of it. You know, in the Bible, there are lots of memorials. We understand that. Old Testament, they had lots of... There were times when people would erect monuments, stone pillars. One of them famously is the, the Ebenezer. You sing that song, Here I Raise My Ebenezer. That comes from a Bible account where... An interaction with God happened. And there were several of these occasions where an interaction with God happened or God did something amazing. So sometimes it was a physical, you know, it was crossing the Red Sea or it was this moment when they realized God was here and they didn't realize it. Or, you know, sometimes it was a physical marker of something great that happened. Sometimes it was a a date specific. So... There were big milestones in the journey of Israel, like Passover, okay? the, the celebration of the deliverance of Israel out of Egypt. And they would celebrate that feast once a year, every year. And I'm sure it was very meaningful for the people <laughs> of that first generation. But don't you know that the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth generation may not have understood it or appreciated it for what it was? Because they weren't there. The memorial was more for the people who weren't there than for the people who were there. Although it sure had meaning for them both. The Sabbath day is kind of to remember that God created the heavens and the earth in six days. And on the seventh day he rested. As Genesis tells us. Under the new covenant, the Christian covenant, the covenant of Christ. We celebrate the Lord's Supper. And we do that, and we partake of that, and we remember something momentous. A a time when God showed up, when God did something awesome. So big that it was a milestone in our spiritual journey. And though we weren't physically present, what we celebrate the Lord's Supper helped us to remember that occasion. That's really important. Someday you'll be adults and... You'll get to choose whether you go to church or not, and then to where you go to church. I think it's really important that you should find a church that remembers the Lord's death and burial every week. Because that's what we're commanded to do. That's what Jesus set it up as. So these memorials are important in our physical journey, in our spiritual journey. You can think about that in your own life. You've probably had memorials, times, occasions when something amazing happened. Maybe it was a marker. Sometimes you drive down the road, you come just up uh, off 235 coming north, exit Meridian, come north. Just over the bridge on the right-hand side of the road, there is a memorial, a little cross. I presume there was a car accident or something there and someone died. You see that. Something important happened in somebody's life. And they don't want to forget. So, 
memorials are these physical items or these dates and occasions that call us back to the past. And in doing so, they not only call us back to the past, but they prepare us for the future as well. So, I want you to turn to the book of Numbers, and I want you to go to Numbers chapter 15. And while you're turning there, I want to show you a physical object that I have that's sort of a big deal in my own journey. Um, Somebody mentioned this morning about turning the tassel. This is what they do when you graduate. You wear this funny robe and cap, and they put on top of this hat a tassel. And you're supposed to wear it on one side, and I always forget, somebody's going to correct me, but they, you wear it on one side, and then after you graduate, you turn the tassel. Okay? It's a reminder of uh, a big deal. It's a physical reminder of something. Mine, this is the one that I had when I graduated from college. And it, so I graduated from Oklahoma Christian. It had been 24 years ago. Um, and it says 1999 on there. I went down there, and a bunch of my family was there. And went across the stage and shook the president's hand, and he handed me my diploma and turned my tassel. I kept hold of that. Not on, like, my living room wall or anything. It's in a drawer where I keep it, but... It's a physical reminder of something big and something important. The things that I learned in the classroom, the things that I learned outside the classroom, and the admonition of Scripture to pursue wisdom in all things. That wouldn't mean much to anyone else, but that tassel has meaning. Well, in in the people of the Old Covenant, the Israelites, they had this interesting memorial, this tassel. They also had a tassel, but it wasn't just for those who graduated. So we're in Numbers 15, if you're following along, and we're in verse 37. And here's the scripture. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the people of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations. And to put a cord of blue of, uh, of blue on the tassel on, of each corner. And it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord. To do them. Not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes. Which you were inclined to whore after. So you shall remember and do all my commandments and be holy to your God. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord, your God. So, we don't know much about these tassels. We do know that there were, uh, by the time Jesus gets on the scene, uh, People, certain people, especially religious leaders, love to wear these, but maybe not everyone did. But it seems that this command was made to everyone. Um, it probably was a uh, something that other cultures did as well. The Egyptians, we know, practice wearing tassels. The Asiatics pra- practice uh, wearing tassels. And so there was a societal custom that the Israelites no doubt had seen, but God 
says, I want you to wear a very special tassel, and it's going to have special meaning. And so, especially if you see like the prayer shawls that the rabbis would wear, they had tassels at each of the corners of the shawl. And it was attached with a blue cord, which symbolized royalty and the value of, of something. And this tassel symbolized a lot of things. So, graduates, class of 2023, I don't think we have any here tonight, but um, when they graduate, they're going to receive a tassel to remind them of their connection to their alma mater. We in Christ are also have a deep connection, and uh, that's the meaning of the tassel. So, a couple of things I want to, for all of us to think about, not just the graduates. First of all, the tassel represented a few things. First, it represented God's provision, God's protection. If you're following along, Psalm 91 is where you want to go. <clears throat> for he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bucklet. I'm sorry, <laughs> a shield and a buckler. He, you will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will look only with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge." It, it, it represented God's divine protection. Go to Matthew chapter 9, New Testament. Matthew chapter 9, and the account is of the, a woman who is... Uh, has an issue with blood, a discharge of blood. Verse 20 of Matthew 9. Behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. The word there for the fringe, some, some scholars believe, refers to a tassel. These little strings right here on the end. The, the woman was just saying, you've got to imagine here, here's the prayer shawl, it's probably hanging down about here. And, and the woman's saying, if I can just touch the fringe... If I can just touch the fringe, I can be made well. I mean, if I'm in that situation, I'm going for like a, a bear hug. You know, if I can get Jesus, 
I want to get a firm grasp. But here this woman's faith is so real and she's suffering so much. She just wants to touch the fringe. I think that's neat. It represented God's protection, his provision, his healing. Now, of course, as with anything, uh, there was potential for misuse, and this happened as well. Turn over to about 14 chapters later, Matthew chapter 23. And Jesus here calling out the scribes and the Pharisees. And he gives this criticism of them in verse 2, Matthew 23. The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but do not, but not the works they do. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they love to make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love the best place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the house and the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. Uh, the phylacteries were, you don't know these basically a box that they would wear on their head. And it, it was a literal scripture that they wore and taking from a command of the Old Testament. And the phylacteries, well, this is, comes from, that, you know, the, the fringes, rather, uh, come from Numbers 15. But if you ever go to a graduation, you'll notice that there's different, what they call regalia. And, of course, if you're, uh, you know, if a high school student, you just kind of get the simple garb. And in your undergrad, you get, you get a robe with a little... Uh, I don't know what they call this thing you wear over your neck, um, and then you get the tassel on the hat as well. But if you're a professor, if you have a graduate degree or a doctorate, you have these things on your sleeve. And all of that is regalia. It's designed to say that, well, they, they've all, they're all very intelligent people, but some of them are really, really gifted. Well, in the religious world of the day, there were certain teachers... They wanted to observe the law, and so they did so with great pride. And so if they were going to have phylacteries, they wanted giant scripture boxes to wear on their head. And if they wanted tassels, they didn't just want something like this. This would hardly do at all. I mean, this, they wanted giant tassels that hung down that... You could see for miles, and people would say, Ah, there's, there's, some, there's a man of God right there. It wasn't that the tassels were bad, it's that they were for God. What the purpose was to glorify God, to remind them of what God had done, and not how impressive they are, or how impressive they try to make themselves. So, a couple of things I think we can draw from the meaning of the tassel if you want to use it that way, as we think about graduates today, um, I want to encourage you to, uh, whether you have a physical one or not, have in mind always a tassel in your Christian walk. And may it remind you of the protection and the provision of God. 
may it remind you of other things as well. First uh, Peter chapter 2. I hope it will remind you of who you are. First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. The Apostle Peter writes this. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of his visitation. May the tassel remind you of who you are. I think one of the most successful strategies of Satan is very simply this. To make you forget how valuable and important you are to God. When we sin, when we fall into sin, when we rebel from God, it's, it's easy to to think that God doesn't love us anymore. That I have to earn my way back into His good graces. But child, He's never stopped loving you. As your own parents loved you through the best times and the worst times in your life, your Heavenly Father, to an infinitely greater degree, has always loved you. He created you. He made you. And when he redeemed you through Jesus Christ, he applied new adjectives to you that Peter would give you. Listen to them. Chosen. Isn't that a neat adjective to use? Maybe you heard some today in the multipurpose room. Well, I was, I was chosen for a scholarship, or I was chosen to go work at this company, or I've been chosen to be a part of this program, or I've been chosen. That's a neat thing to say you were chosen when a number of people applied to something and you were chosen. But in Christ, you, we have been chosen. He says you're royal. Uh, don't pay much attention to things happening across the pond in England, but I understand there was some big to-do over there with their monarchy. I didn't watch any of it. Don't send me clips on my phone. I don't care. I won't. I'll block you. Okay? It doesn't, doesn't hurt me at all to do that. But, but one thing we miss by living in a constitutional republic is the idea of royalty. For me, it's really hard to understand what the big deal is about the king and the queen and all of that. I don't. It doesn't bother me. That's why we had a revolution. All right? So... Not concerned with that. Why are all these people so concerned? There's something about, and it's not something we in the West can much get, and I think it's okay that we made that trade, but, but it's amazing in our world 
that we have people who are royal, special, they're of high value. We, we put them at the top. We revere them. We honor maybe not the person, but, but the, the office. That's something that we've lost. But in Christ, Peter says, you're royalty. You're a royal priesthood, which were the, the people who mediated. And we don't mediate, of course, but we, we are a people. We are ambassadors for Jesus. He says, you're holy. You have been declared holy in Christ. You're a people for his own possession. God says, you're mine through my son. I'm going to spend the rest of, of that, but I just, when we, when we remember those things about who we are, it helps us stay out of the other stuff, the junk, the darkness, Peter calls it. He says, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Are there things that your flesh wants to do that are eternally dangerous to your soul? So how do we stay out of those things? Well, it starts by, by remembering who we are. By remembering who we are and how valuable we are in Christ, not of our own merit, but in Him we're chosen and royal and holy in His own possession, and because of that we have great value. Tyler, um, you know, this is the season for cards for graduates, and uh, someone very special to him, I gave him a card, had a $100 bill in there. He was pretty like, ah, that's, that's great. He was excited. He was pumped. Came up and showed mom and I. If I took that $100 bill and crumpled it up, it wouldn't change the value. If I took the $100 bill and crumpled it up and threw it in the toilet, it wouldn't change the value. Okay? If I took the $100 bill and gave it to Charlie and let him chew on it for a little while. It'd be pretty gross, but it wouldn't change the value. The reason it's important to remember your value is because there's going to be times when you go through some stuff. You're going to give... Sin does that. I wish all of us would stay sinless and pure. But when you don't, when you mess up, when you fall short, when you miss the mark, when you believe that you have fallen from God's graces, may you remember that none of that stuff changes the value. When you get stuck in the pig pens of life, when, when Satan, that ancient lion gets a hole on you and he tears you up quite a bit and he leaves you for dead, you're still just as valuable to God. And you still matter. So, message of the tassel is remember God's protection and His provision. 
and remember who you are, that you're valuable in God's eyes. And so we remember the meaning of the tassel and we respond thusly. Verse 39. Number one. Remember the commandments of the Lord to do them. Like Jeff talked about this morning. It's, it's great to come from a church where you learn the Bible from Mary and Stacy's kindergarten class all the way through Jeff's senior class. And if you stay here and continue to go, you'll still have opportunities beyond that. Not only that will you learn the Bible, but you'll have opportunities to do what the Bible says. Whether it's feeding the homeless or serving others at Wichita Work Camp or, or spiritually ministering to women in a conference or grading Know Your Bible courses or on and on and on. We have opportunities not just for Bible knowing but for Bible doing. That's what the, the tassel reminds us, to remember the commands and to do them. Number one. Number two, not to follow your own heart. Now, when I was preparing for this message, I thought, oh, I think this is right, but you all have phones in Google right now, and I know you do this, so fact check me. But I'm fairly sure this is the only time in the Bible where it says, follow after your own heart. And what does it say? Not to. So when the world says, follow your heart, that's a lie. That's terrible advice. Not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes, which you are inclined to whore after. Don't, don't follow the lust of the flesh and the lust of your heart and the lust of your eyes. So, number one, remember the commands and do them. Number two, don't follow your own heart, follow God's. Number three, be holy. So you shall remember to, and do all my commandments and be holy to your God. Now here, I just got to put one thing here. They were under the Old Covenant. This is addressed to an Old Covenant people. Christ did not yet come. There's just one problem with the Old Covenant, and that's this. Nobody can keep all of it. And so the, the, the shortfall of the law was this. Yes, you were supposed to keep the commands, and you were supposed to keep them to the best of your ability. The problem was nobody did that. Even the most perfectly righteous people that you knew still messed up at least one of them. Which is why, of course, we need Jesus. Which is why we need the cross. Why we need his sacrifice. And that's how we're declared holy. Now, do we still ought to keep the commands? Of course. Should we still strive for righteousness and holiness? Yes. But understand that that holiness starts with Jesus. And in him we're declared holy and sinless. And that makes us desire to live right lives. So remember to do all the commandments and be holy to your God. Okay. So remember the meaning of the tassel, whether you're graduating or not. Remember God's protection. Remember His provision. Remember how valuable and worthy you are through Jesus the Christ. And, and because of this, we should do three things. One, we should remember the commands, and do them. Number two, we should not follow our own heart and own desires, but rather incline ourselves after God's heart. And number three, we should be holy 
in all that we do. First in Christ, and then as we strive to walk in the light in Him. Let's pray. Our Father in Heaven, we thank You for memorials and momentous occasions, milestones in our lives where we can stop and pause and celebrate with others for how far they have come or celebrate ourselves and how far we have come or celebrate you and what you have delivered us from and how far you've brought us in the journey. And, and Lord, today amongst our family, we do all three of those things as a family. And I pray that as a people, whether we're graduating from high school or or college, or any other worthwhile endeavor, or whether we're just going along in, the life, in our lives, may we not forget the meaning and the message, the purpose of the tassel. And Lord, we may not wear one physically, but we, we pray that you might prick our hearts inwardly and through your Spirit to remember your word and to do it, to not follow after our own hearts, but to pursue yours and to be holy, first through your Son, and then as we strive to walk in the light. Lord, we thank you. It's been a good day today, and we rejoice with those who rejoice, and we give honor to whom honor is due. And as we celebrate and remember, may we not forget all you have done for us, and your great love for us, and your great sacrifice for us through your Son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.